Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Solo Cleaning School podcast. I am looking forward to sharing this episode. It is a really fun one to do, and it can help so many of you out there safeguard your clients. In fact, this could be one of the more important ones in this entire arsenal of now 90 plus podcast episodes. So tune in. But before I go into some serious stuff, I do need to share a funny papers edition. All right, solo cleaning school. Oh boy, this is where your host has made a blunder. And this is not a story from 5, 10, 15 years ago. This happened last week. Mr. Experienced Solo Cleaning Guru Ken, here's what he did. And there is total irony in this story. Because the Safeguard Your Clients lesson that I'm going to teach you in the back half of this episode is the same house on the same day that I did this stupid thing. Here's what happened. I cleaned the house top to bottom, full detail. It's actually a bi-monthly cleaning, so I'm there every 60 days. And it took me about five and a half hours to get this done. And what's different about this particular home is that I'm not able to use my normal cleaning products because this family has coconut oil allergies And my cleaning products are a coconut oil derivative. They're based on that, which is great for me because it's a very eco-friendly product. And the coconut oil is a natural oil. It works well on furniture for dusting because it does give a little bit of moisture to the wood, gives it a nice gloss. But it also does a great job cleaning bathrooms and floors, etc. I'm used to my system. It's color-coded, by the way. Each of my bottles, the green with the green spray, the blue with the blue, etc. But on this particular client, I need to use their products. Ones that don't give them allergies and cause them to break out in hives and have to go to the hospital. It's very important to be sensitive to your client's needs. And we discussed this on the estimate. I knew they had some problems potentially with coconut oil because she asked me, what do you use in your products? What kind of product? What's in them? And I told them, she says, oh, coconut oil. Now, first of all, I knew what was in them. And that's the main ingredient as far as the eco-friendly portion. And she says, oh, our family's allergic to that. I said, well, let me just make sure my entire product line contains that or not. I contacted the company, did my research, and got back to her. Yes, my products will not work in your home, so I have to use hers. So my system is off, and I'm very systemized with my solo cleaning. I know exactly what I'm doing, what bottles to grab, and I spent all this time cleaning the house. Not perfection, but with amazing excellence. She was going to be very happy with the job. Finish the job up, and she wants me to use the Bona floor cleaner. No problem. I'm not used to using Bona. I use my regular floor cleaner. She told me where to find it. There's a big bottle of it in the cabinet above the washing machine. I remembered that. I go into the cabinet above the washing machine. There is only a large refill bottle. I'm thinking, oh, it must be under the sink. Sure enough, under the sink, there's the bow in a bottle, spray, spray, wipe, wipe with the floor pad all over the house, 
Oh, it looks so shiny. It's so clean. The house is done. Out the door, back home. Hour later, text. Ken, did you use this on the floors? I was a little bit surprised with the question. I read further. We got home and we literally almost slipped and fell on the floor. Here's my embellishment. It's like an ice skating rink. Oh, no. What do you mean? And then I looked at the text image she had sent me. And sure enough, there it was. The Bona Cleaner in big letters and under it in smaller letters. Wood Polish. Oh, no. She said, you must have grabbed this one by mistake. The Bona Floor Cleaner was behind this one. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I just put wood polish on every floor in their house. They've got kids. They're coming home in socks. And they're doing the Tom Cruise across the floor. Starting in one room and ending up across the house. Because it's a stinking ice skating rink. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe I did that. Uh, I am so sorry. I did use the wrong one. I'm a moron. I will be back there. Do you need me to come over now to fix it? Or can I come over in the morning? They said, the morning's fine. I said, please be careful. I was very concerned about it. They said, don't worry about it. We'll be careful. It's fine. Come over in the morning. I did go back in the morning. I spent an hour and 15 minutes essentially stripping and waxing, taking the old wood polish off of their floor, putting down a Bona floor cleaner after I was done. What an experience. I don't want to do that again. So the lesson of this is read all the labels, even when you teach people to read the labels. (laughs) Did you enjoy laughing at my expense? Good. Well, now we're going to go the opposite direction and we're going to get serious, but this is going to be fun. I'm going to tie in some economics that are really, really cool here. So I've been cleaning homes since 2006. I have noticed a dramatic increase in home security as technology improves. Alarms have gone from wired to wireless. Cameras, they surveil various angles and locations of the home, aka the nanny cam and the burglar cam outside. Garages have keypads. Families are so much more secure technologically than they ever have been. And they do so at an expense now for 10 times more of the security than for the basic stuff back when security systems were getting started. Now, this happens so predictably, this kind of a growth, that economists give it a name. And here we go. It's called S-curve economics or the power curve. It's really cool. The very beginning of the curve are the early adopters. They're the ones that pay the most for the technology. They want to be the first. They're the ones with the cell phones in their cars or the mobile phones in their cars that weighed 39 pounds and took up the entire center console back in the late 80s and 90s. They are the families getting the color TVs in the 50s. They're also the families getting the very luscious leg lamp for the front window. Oh, wait, that's not the right one. That's not catching on at all. (laughs) But what happens is once a technology reaches critical mass, which essentially means this, 
when 10% of the market has been penetrated with this new product. The slow growing curve of the technology does a spike and goes straight up. And from 10% market penetration to 90% market penetration, it goes straight up. And what took years or decades to get from 0% to 10% can literally take five, 10 years to go from 10% to 90%. It's incredible. And then from 90% to close to 100%, this is the other tail of the S. And that takes many years to go from 90 to 100. Is it always exactly 10 and 90? No, it's a general economic theory, S-curve economics. It's really interesting. And I encourage you to check it out, Google it, and see if you can see some other examples. Well, just like any other technology, home security has also undergone an S-curve. Check out this statement from a recent article on the state of home security. This is really cool. And I quote, around 20% of homes in America have security systems, but this percentage is expected to increase over the next five years. In fact, experts predict that the number of homes with security systems will increase by 64% in that time period. That means it's going from roughly 20% now, which is already past critical mass, so it's on that fast ramp upward, 20% to 84% in the next five years. Now, you might wonder, well, that doesn't sound like that short of a time. I mean, five years is a long time. That makes sense. Well, that's true, but look at the beginning. The early adopters of home security were in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. That's 40 years it took for home security systems to reach 10% market penetration or to reach that critical mass point. And this critical mass happened around 2010. And then 10 more years it took to get us to today, bringing us from 10% to 20% market penetration. And then, as I already stated, and this article that I quoted from is in the show notes here, that you can find that link, it's predicted to go from 20% to 84% by 2025. I mean, that is just mind-blowing. Essentially, everybody's going to have a home security system in the next 10 years. But I wonder, do you think this normalizing effect of everyone having one is causing homeowners to feel a little overconfident? All right, now we get to the serious brass tacks of this podcast. Unfortunately, I have noticed another trend. Homeowners are forgetting to lock their windows at an increasingly alarming rate. And I use the word alarming as a pun on purpose. I am a detailed house cleaner and I clean complete kitchens, complete bathrooms, baseboards, wood trim, light switches, window ledges, window sills, ceiling fans, everything. Over the course of time, I notice the details that need to get done. I also treat every client as if I was cleaning for my own family. So therefore, I am detailed. I am a noticer. Now, the client that I have referenced in the funny papers, it's time for me to redeem myself here, okay? I'm not going to mention my name, but this is a good story. This client that I happen to be at for five plus hours just last week, they were away on vacation, five days break for the family, and here's 
what happened. They were scheduled to arrive home the day that I'm cleaning. So four days they were gone. I wasn't there on the fifth day I'm there. As I'm going around their house and doing all the details I mentioned, the trims on the wall, the door frames, disinfecting light switches, doorknobs, cleaning and window sills, window frames. Uh Uh-oh. Look at these two windows here in the dining room. They are to the right of the front door and right off the front porch. They're closed, but they're unlocked. Huh. All right. Well, as I always do, if I notice something that's out of place, doesn't look right, if it's unsafe, I will notice it. I will fix it if possible, and I will inform the client. I locked those two windows and I texted the client, hey, just wanted to let you know that two of your windows right by the front door, they were unlocked. Now, her response was not exactly stark horror because she does have a great alarm system. And that's where I wonder if there's too much overconfidence because her reply was, oh, thank you so much for letting me know. Um, but I do have a good alarm system and, and a camera system. So I think it would have been okay. And we're in a quote-unquote safe neighborhood. Have you ever heard that one? Because suburbia is always safe. And especially this one and especially yours if you're listening to this podcast and you know you're leaving your front door open or you're not locking your windows at night or if you leave the house and your window's door or car door is open, you are trusting that your neighborhood is safe. Am I saying your neighborhood is not safe? I won't say that, but I will say this, and I'll say this with some humor because it is kind of a funny way to do it. These awesome alarm systems are deterring crime for sure, but criminals will be criminals, and they also get smarter with increased security. We're not dealing with the water bandits in suburbia where a seven-year-old boy with lots of toys, tacks, and tar can dismantle their plans to rob a certain house. That only works in the movies and this one. Obviously, I'm referencing Kevin from Home Alone, where he thwarted the wet bandits. The criminals of today are not that dumb. Well, I guess they are dumb if they're being criminals, but they have smartened up on how to break into homes. I wish I could tell you that every one of my clients was locking all their windows and doors. For the most part, many do, but there are often, and I'm noticing this trend, like I mentioned before, over the past probably five to 10 years, people are forgetting to lock their door and windows especially more and more. And again, I don't know if this is a trust thing where they have technology and they're wired in and they can see it on their phone. And I just don't want to be that person that's trusting so much in technology, but yet I leave my windows unlocked right next to the front door where you can easily, a burglar could easily slide that open. Yes, there's cameras, But if you don't think a sophisticated burglar can figure that out, why give them free access to your house? And I was at a networking meeting last fall before COVID, and there was a banker who's part of the group 
she shared some really crazy, scary stories about some of these criminals and how smart they're getting. I mean, they're not hitting up the house, so to speak, like they used to. They're they're finding moms dropping off their kids at daycare. They leave their cars on, doors open, and in the five minutes the mom is gone from her car, they swoop in, get the door open because it's open, and they take the purse off the front seat and they're out. They do this in parking lots and shopping malls. There are so many ways now that criminals are getting our information. And these days, cash and jewelry, I mean, if they can just get our plastic, our cards, and they can steal our identity, oh my goodness, they can do so much more damage than literally taking our jewelry and our cash. Well, let me get back to this house that I was cleaning and then the conclusion of this episode. I'm hoping you're starting to see how vital, how important it is for you to really take notice of this. Okay, I finished cleaning the house. I was going in my typical process and system for cleaning, top to bottom, left to right, which means I'm cleaning in a clockwise manner. So because I started on the first floor while I was dusting, glass cleaning, etc., the dining room, this particular house layout, I ended up on the other side of the front door, which was like a reading room. And when I got to that room... Both of those windows were also unlocked. So on this particular house, the front door was locked, but all four windows to the left and right of the front door were unlocked. Of course, I locked them and texted the client again. This made her a little bit more on edge, and she thanked me, as I'm sure it got her and her family really thinking about what they're doing with windows, and remembering one more thing before they leave for vacation. So let's wrap this up. I'm going to literally plead with you here. Fellow solo cleaners, please, 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 please serve your clients through your attention to detail and safeguard their homes. If windows are unlocked or open, close and lock them. If something is spilled or broken, let them know. If anything in the house is off or unsafe at all, especially while your clients are away on vacation. Let them know and offer to help or fix it if possible. If you're cleaning offices, I urge you to do the same thing. Many will give you a key and an alarm code for their office. If you're there every week and things are typically a certain way and then one week things are really different, let them know. It's possible something could have happened And you want to be the person that is almost like a property manager. When someone's away on vacation, you're watching over their property and you're cleaning it. Think about the value you're adding to your cleaning service, the trust that you're building with your clients. I'll even go one further. Educate your clients on things you've noticed elsewhere. Tell them, obviously, lock their windows But anything you've seen that are common safety risks that you might have noticed other places, tell them, educate them, serve them. These simple actions will help protect your clients and, as I mentioned, will build tremendous trust with you as their cleaner. And by the way, if you happen to use ice rink wax on their hardwood floors, After you tell them that windows were unlocked and build tremendous trust, they will get home and laugh it off. Well, 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 that wraps up another episode of the Solo Cleaning School. 
As I've mentioned, this podcast episode could be one of the most important of all the 90 plus I have done thus far. So definitely check it out, pass it on, make this piece of information useful to you and your business. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.